hey everybody, it's Mike with the Appalachian Brewing Company Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Uh, full name, I guess, Mike Parker. And uh, joining me here, a guy that also has a first and a last name. And it's not Artie Tafoya. It's actually the head brewer here at Appalachian Brewing Company, Mr. John Stratif. John, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Thank you. Good, good. Well, as mentioned, uh, you know, Artie and I have handled the first couple episodes of the podcast. He is uh, on a, on an assignment somewhere, uh, parts unknown. So, uh, as promised earlier, you know, in in the series here, we're going to bring people in, people that are actually behind the beer, behind the brands of Appalachian Brewing Company, and so we're going to go to the guy who is. Uh, you know, we got Artie the brewmaster, and uh, you are the head brewer. You're the resident here who does all the, the heavy lifting, recipes. I'm making up a whole bunch of tasks for you, but why don't yeah, you, you tell are. us, why don't you start off with, with telling us a little, about, a little bit about your responsibilities here at the brewer, Brewing Company. Actually, I have a couple of guys that do all the heavy lifting, which is, which is nice because I have a bad back and, you know, I just ache all the time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that they have what they need to get their job done. So when you're coming up with, just like any other manufacturing process, right? I mean, a, running a brewery saying, look, we've got to get this beer out in three weeks or this beer out in five weeks. This is what we've got to get done in order to do that. You're just, you're, you're sort of, you're running the show. You're a manager of, of other brewers, essentially, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. All right, so get back to the beer here in a second, but why should I care who John Stratif is at Appalachian oh, Brewing no. Company? Here we go. Seriously, you know, brewing beer is so easy, right? I mean, anybody can do it. So. Piece of cake. <laughs> I won't talk about the experiment that I had when somebody bought me a Christmas gift with some plastic barrel and a big can of, like, something inside it and, and some yeast, and I stuck it in my closet in an apartment and I came home one day, and uh, it had exploded. Hopefully you didn't have a whole lot of nice shirts in that closet. No, no. There was some stuff in there. But I can attest to the fact that brewing beer is not an easy job. And, and we're going to talk about your job extensively here in a minute. But first things first, it's about getting to know the people at ABC. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where would you grow up? Uh, how would you, you end up in Harrisburg? Uh, well, I grew up here in Lancaster County, Columbia High School. Go Crimson Tide. <laughs> uh, and from then I just moved around, uh, moved around the United States and made beer in different locations and came here, left here, went backpacking for a while, came back here. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, it's, it, it's always a draw, you know, central Pennsylvania is a great place to live. Has, has beer always been part of your, uh, your repertoire as a, as a person, if that's always. a way to, just, yeah. When you ask anybody that knows, man, it's what beer is John drinking right now? Which is out of focus, our double IPA, by the way. Good question. As we say cheers as we cheers. do, you are drinking an out of focus double IPA. Describe that beer for us. Uh, it is a nice, malty, caramel-colored, hoppy beverage that is delicious. I like to describe hoppy, or excuse me, uh, out of focus as like the smoothest, would it be fair to call it an imperial IPA? Or it's a, it's a double IPA, but we're bordering yeah, on that because yeah. it's about 8% alcohol, right? Everybody uses those terms kind of interchangeably these okay. days. And it's like, is it a double IPA? Is it imperial? Um, it, it's an 8% 80 IBU double IPA, which for everybody, 80 IBU is a bitterness unit. So it means it's, it's hoppy enough, but it's not overly hoppy. Some of these new yeah. double IPAs coming out are like 100 IBUs, which is 
you know, very right. intense. Who can eat hot. the hottest hot? So it, yeah, it's it's like the hot pepper thing. So like it's like the Scoville units for hops, and it's just a matter of balance here at ABC. We like to keep everything balanced. Our our Hoppy Trails IPA is six percent alcohol, sixty IBU. Our Out of Focus is eight percent alcohol, eighty IBU, and that just lends for a nice uh, a hoppiness to cover the malt base of which is your sweetness of your beer to the alcohol that's in it so you don't want to taste something and go oh that's really boozy or taste something and go oh it's really hoppy mm-hmm. or taste it and go it's really malty which would be which would be alcohol bitter and sweet you don't want any of those flavors as, as far as i'm concerned in beer making now other people will disagree completely but we like to balance all three of those and make a make a beer that is very drinkable. And you, after you drink a pint of it, you want another pint. Right. And that's, yeah. what I, that's the way of going back to what I was. This is a beer that's sort of close to my heart back in um, you know, 2013, 2014 when we started bottling it here at the brewing company when I was yeah. working the, the marketing office. It was one of those beers that I it had already been developed and had come out as a seasonal before and it was really popular but in order to complement the hoppy trails sort of the house ipa you know to come up with something different we ended up in you know bottling it as part of what they called the craft collection at the time like just a a number of different beers a step away from the those original flagships hoppy or excuse me i keep wanting to go back to hoppy trails but out of focus was one of those beers that, that made the list and it when the first time I tried it, it wasn't what I expected. So when I I didn't get hit over the head with the hop, it's there. The hops are pronounced, but I didn't get that awful feeling of almost I have to close my eyes to drink this, which unfortunately is the case with a lot of IPAs. They just kind of overpower you. And I say that you know eat the hottest hot wing thing because it's almost like a challenge. Can I get through this beer? I have never had that problem. As uh, I heard one Appalachian Brewing Company employee uh, tell me one time, uh, his first child was uh, sponsored. By uh, a session of out of focus <laughs> double IPA, <laughs> so I won't name that person out of respect Excellent. for he and his wife and his and his uh, child who's now uh, you know probably yes. approaching kindergarten. You have to let me know later. Right? Okay, we'll do. Um, anybody have an Argyle sweater um, IPA around? That's another one that's good. We'll have to yeah. talk about sometime. Yeah. Maybe that yeah, we be have a beer that we. And we're getting to that point where, like, it's just the industry is everybody is just IPA crazed. So yeah. now we have Hoppy Trails. We have Out of Focus, which is our double IPA. Uh, we have Gravity Falls, which is our Brute IPA, which, you know, that's a new, I don't want to say fad, but I think it's a fad that um, started about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then we have Argyle Sweater, which is... Not really a New England style IPA, like to its truest form, but that's our take on the New England IPA. Very grapefruity, very you know tropical and citrusy. It's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, it's a good beer. Uh, so we have lots of IPAs right now, which isn't our norm. We're a you know we're a traditional like lager and ale house that uh, j- just makes. Uh, Good old style beers. Yeah, but that's good. That's good because it's it's like anything else, man. You want to you want to recruit. You want to keep the people who are your your longtime supporters, fans. You want to keep them happy. But you also, in order to expand an audience, in order to bring people in to try that stuff, and who who may not look 
there's craft brewery on you know in every town almost these days yep. and Appalachian's one of the legacy names in central Pennsylvania but a lot of people never tried it because they have other options that they didn't have 20 years ago when this place opened and they hear about a great IPA and they want to try different IPAs that brings them in the door and then they explore from there now I probably no surprise for listeners of the podcast here I am drinking uh a wheat beer again this week with <laughs> it might literally the the best the best seasonal that I went for me if it's on tap it's pretty much what I'm getting it's the hinterland hefeweizen I just love hefeweizen so if that's on tap when you stop in to the brew pub the next time definitely definitely check that out it's a uh it's sort of a cloudy day which has been a break from the norm for us here over the past couple of weeks summer has definitely set in but this would be one that i would like to sit out on the deck uh, and just enjoy it doesn't matter how hot it is that would be a refreshing beer absolutely all right all right so mike parker here with john Strait, if the head brewer at appalachian brewing company and we're chatting about beer and everything abc and we're going to talk about the process of brewing beer what goes through john's brain as he's fulfilling the recipes and directing the other brewers and listening to them for their input and going going a little bit nuts every once in a while with the beer. Uh, we're going to get to that as soon as we come back. Hey, do you have a special event coming up in your life? You need space to bring together friends, family, co-workers. Look no further than your friends at Appalachian Brewing Company. With several convenient locations across central Pennsylvania and beyond, We've got the place that you want to come and hang out, have some beers, have some great food, get the gang together, and you can do that in some of our various spaces. At the original Harrisburg Brewery, for instance, on the second floor, you've got the Abbey Bar and the Gallery Room, two completely different but connectable spaces, unique in their own ways. The Abbey Bar, known for the live music that comes through. You've got the stage, you've got the full bar, you've got the high-top tables. You can accommodate up to 400 people for that big event if you're looking to hold a fundraiser or the wedding of the century. Uh, the gallery room, a little bit more intimate, a smaller space off the back of the building, and uh, just, just as customizable for whatever you need to bring the gang together in a special setting. Need a little outdoor space? Make sure to check out the newly refurbished deck on the second floor. If you've got a special event coming up, Appalachian Brewing Company has the space that can fit your needs. Just email events at abcbrew.com. All right, jumping back into things here. We're here with the head brewer at ABC, John Stratif. And uh, John, you know, before I just let everybody know about special events, but there is sort of a special event that's sort of a... uh, regular appointment here on Saturdays at ABC and that's why you're probably if your voice isn't familiar your face is to a lot of people who stop in because you've given probably more than your share of those Saturday brewery tours tell people about how they can check that out yeah it's a strong tradition here uh we every Saturday at 1 p.m we do a free brewery tour which includes sampling of all of our flagship beers it's led by either me or one of my staff so it's very knowledgeable brewers that are giving you a tour um if you're a beer geek or a beer noob come out i mean it it can be a look at shiny tanks or we'll explain every bit of the process to you and you'll enjoy it do you ever get like any celebrities or in in, in here that you're like um, not celebrities but no. bachelorette parties yes oh that sounds like a fun time all right so 1 p.m Saturdays, 
show up. If it's a large group, I know that they ask that you sort of haul ahead, uh, you know, send an email, just make sure that we can accommodate you. But typically John or one of the other brewing staff is going to lead you around. Yeah, it gets kind of gets kind of crazy. People really love it too. They get to see, yeah, we have a lot of fun. You walk up on the, the those metal catwalks that you kind of can kind of yeah. see. People have had their wedding pictures taken here. That's how that's how yeah. insane it gets. We have a lot of fun because well, not a lot of breweries have fermenting vessels that you can stand on. So it's it's kind of fun to just go out and stand on a, nice. a fermenter and get your picture taken. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Speaking of that. So we're getting into the terminology, and no. we're, we're talking to the, the head brewer here. So you know, you mentioned fermenters. Fermenting is a part of the process of making beer. Let's get let's get into that. Let's 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 reach the guys and the gals out there listening this week who are interested in what do you do from start to finish? Like, where do I start? Other than I've got some ingredients that maybe came with that crappy kit that I got for Christmas back in. You know, 1995 or whenever. So sorry that scarred you. So that. <laughs> but for the guys who are making beer on a bigger scale, you know, like like yourself, where does it start? Right, and every home brewer out there is really going to recognize this process. It's it's nothing different than home brewing. But for anybody that doesn't make beer at home, we take malted barley, which malted barley is just. They harvest barley, they let it germinate just a little bit, and in that germination process, the the seed turns its starches into carbohydrates, which are really complex sugars into less really complex sugars, and that is malted barley, and that's what we use to make beer. So we take that malted barley, we mix it with hot water which activates the enzymes that are created. And those enzymes then break down those kind of complex sugars into really simple sugars. It's called maltose. Creative name because it's malted barley. It's maltose. And maltose is something that our yeast can eat and create heat, CO2, and alcohol, which is what we're looking for here is alcohol. All right, so you got that's the that's that base. It's that it's that mixture that everything sort of starts from. You break down the sugar, so you, so you got sort of like a big glass of sugar water. Yeah, except it's coming from the sugar is not like coming from sugar cane. It's coming right. from the sugars that are contained inside that grain. Yes, and then and then from there it just gets. It, now we've now we've got to add something there to bring bring some life into that thing. Absolutely. So. What we do is we boil that sugar water and we add hops to it. And what the hops do are add bitterness to your beer, they add flavor to your beer, and they add aroma to your beer. Then we go off the charts. All these new IPAs are just go crazy with hops. We used to add a half a pound of hops per barrel of beer. And a barrel is 31 gallons. So it's we used to add half a pound of hops per barrel. We are up to now just trying to keep up with everybody out there making IPAs three, four, five pounds per barrel of hop. So we're tripling, quadrupling, sextupling our hop additions just to try to make our hoppy beers hoppy, but keep our nice pilsners and hefes and lagers very, very traditional style. 
So when you're actually when I'm when I'm sitting in here having a burger or something, and I and on a you know a Thursday at noon, and I look through the window, and it's all this steam is popping out of there, and some guy's got a big hose he's dragging across the floor, and another guy's got a couple of you know plastic buckets. That's that's because you and you guys aren't working on the same batch. It's not like all right, guys, this week we're just we're gonna. There's multiple batches, multiple beers happening all the time within the brew house. Yeah. So yeah, typically on a on a brew day when you see us in there in the brew house, everything's fired up and we're running. That guy came in at four a.m. and he started making beer because another guy's coming in at noon and he's going to finish making beer. So our Brew house is 40 barrel in size, and our fermenters are 120 barrels in size. So on any typical brew day, we make three batches of beer. So our guy that starts at 4 a.m., he starts making the beer, and he does three batches of beer. And then the guy that comes in at noon finishes up those three batches of beer and then cleans up everything, and that's our brew day. So there's different shifts and some guy is coming in in the morning, and he's getting everything ready. And then, basically, by the end of his shift, he's getting relieved by someone else who's going to do some other things. Uh, and it's not just pushing buttons here at ABC. It's not. It's not. There's there's not a mechanical arm that's pitching the hops and everything else, right? I mean, this is kind of a manual process, old school. Correct. Yeah, our entire brewery is very manual. We dump hops into the kettle that is boiling in buckets. We adjust all of our flow rates with manual valves. We're tweaking everything. So because we have three batches going on at any point in time, we can adjust the process so that we are hitting our target numbers for how much sugar is in the water that the yeast is going to consume so that we make the beer exactly the same time every time, which is our goal is producing a beer that tastes the same, no matter if you drink it in July or September or out of on tap or out of the bottle. There's really like no difference to me in the amount of, first of all, the word labor is often seen as is like, all right, somebody who's just do, performing a task. But every fine art or fine craft, whether I'm going to... Uh, the local craft show with my wife on the weekend and we're walking through and there's somebody who's making, you know, some extravagant quilt there. And obviously that took a lot of time and a task and a tedious amount of, you know, effort of just doing the same thing over and over. But you can tell somebody who knows how to make a quilt and somebody who can just sort of sew. And I feel the same way. That's sort of what sets apart the just the hobbyist home brewer versus the pros. So when you say everything's very manual, but yet it's also very precise, which sort yes. of tells me that the people who are working here are very talented. So talk about the people who who work here. Uh, where where do they come from? How quickly can you learn from someone who's got the you know the knowledge of of, of beer making, like an Artie, and now like a John? But where where do the guys who come in here with with some experience, how, how do they become craft brewers? Yeah, we hire guys that have had years of experience. Yeah, I mean, Brutal, you, might, you might have an intern every once in a while. Or, we do or have a, interns. Or a student, yes. you know, at Shippensburg yeah, University. My alma mater has a, has a brew, uh, like a brewer, brewery science, like, Absolutely. you know, uh, program now. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten that far that... No, that's... 
awesome. Higher education. We love having interns, but the guys that are actually making the beer are, because we make such a high volume of beer, we cannot afford any slip-ups. So um, these guys come in, they're experienced brewers, they've been trained on our system. Typically, they can come up to speed fairly quick on our system. It's a, a difficult manual system to operate, so... Once you get there, though, it, it all sort of comes together, and it's not not like not like riding a bike, but I guess uh, like it, it gets to be like riding a bike. Yeah, you you know, like we all have like our goals. Yeah, where we're like, hey, I was laddering the third batch by ten forty five, or you know, things like that, and it's between us, and it's like you Stuff know, that yeah, no yeah, one yeah, else yeah. would understand. They punch each other in the shoulder, <laughs> like I beat you, you know, things like that. But yeah. yes, it. I mean, it is a skilled trade. Yeah. So it it takes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes guys six months to come up to speed and actually on their own make great beer here at ABC. If it's like riding a bike, well, then that's just riding a bike. But every once in a while, you like to maybe build a little ramp or find a new route to drive around. Keep things interesting. Keep things fun and creative. So are there breweries, though, that are are sort of not, I guess the word, if, if it's not manual, then it's automated, right? Are there Are there a lot of breweries out there that are then just automated sort of machine mills? Yeah, they exist right in our back door, and I, I think it's entertaining because I I enjoy the artistry of making the beer. I don't want to come in, sit down, and on my smartphone brew beer. I want to I want to mill in the grain. I want to mash in the mash. I want to smell it. I want to taste it. I want to boil it. I want to add the hops to it. I want to smell the hops that I'm using and. Those guys don't do that. And nothing against them. They make great beer. But that's not what I want to do. There's no Keurig out there for uh, craft beer, is there yet? <laughs> there, There is. It's called a Braucon. Oh, okay. So there is. <laughs> but it probably isn't very good. <laughs> no, it's it's it makes great beer. Braucon's oh. an incredible system. Well, when I and, say it's not yeah. very good, what I mean is, as a brewer, as a guy who needs some sort of creative outlet... Right. Sticking a little K cup in the, just I love analogies, and my analogies aren't always the best. But like we've got a Keurig at the house, and it's so easy. You pop it in, hit the button. I want a twelve ounce cup of coffee. Boom! A minute later, it's done. But if I really want a cup of coffee and I want to feel like it, then I've got to then I go to the French press, right? Yes. And what's better at the end of the day? I mean, when you, when you can take a little pride in something that you've done. And as the as the creator of this beer, when you've done that and you've seen it from raw ingredient to finished product in your glass, that's got to be pretty rewarding. Yeah, and to stick with your coffee analogy, do you want to pick the bean, pick the grind, put it in your press, make it, and then drink it, or do you want to put a K cup in your Keurig and right have it make a cup of coffee for you, mm-hmm. which. It's a question many people Neither have asked. The, everybody's going to drink the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's just about your experience making it. Thank you. Thank you. I think beer is an experience, and it should be. And uh, I can sense it, man. I, I, I've known you for, for several years, and uh, you know, I know that you take a lot of pride in what you do, and we do appreciate that. 
All right, taking a quick break here to remind everybody to stop into their local neighborhood Appalachian Brewing Company Brew Pub. Go to abcbrew.com for the menu and locations. Our menu item of the week here is oh, one of the brew house classics. Everybody's favorite, perfect for summer, perfect for any time of year. But oh my gosh, I love the beer battered fish and chips. Talking about crispy fried beer battered haddock served with brew house fries, homemade here. Coleslaw and tartar sauce on the side. Of course, just like we've got here in the glass, I've got the Water Gap Wheat Ale, one of our favorite classic flagship beers here at ABC. Don't forget, on Fridays, it's Fish Fry Fridays. All you can eat, beer-battered fish and chips. It is every Friday here only at Appalachian Brewing Company. All right, back here with John Stratif from Appalachian Brewing Company, the head brewer joining us in the studio this week. And uh, so, John, we're talking about, you know, what it takes to run this brew system here at ABC. And certainly, as, as much as we'd like to just, you know, be um, coming up with crazy recipes and different things all the time to, you know, to, to generate some, some buzz around the brewery, a lot of your time is spent just making sure the beers are made. You know, the, the classic flagships, the wheat, the lager, the hoppy trails, you know, the Jolly Scott uh, the, uh, the the list goes on and on, but you've you're a craft brewer. You've got someone. You've got a you've got creative juices that that flow every once in a while, if not pretty frequently. You've got to challenge yourself with coming up with something new. I mean, how, where do those where do you find inspiration for for new beer recipes? Uh, we always find inspiration for new beer recipes. Every one of us wants to make a different beer all the time, and we want our beer to be on tap we want to hear customer feedback about the beer we're making unfortunately we can't make them here in harrisburg but we can make those beers at one of our locations so we can make those beers in our Lydda's location two of our uh gettysburg locations the one in gateway and the one in battlefield and even in our mechanicsburg location so we we have a artistic outlet should you say for uh, what we want to make, and we make a lot of beer there. I mean, uh, each one of those locations is at least a five-barrel system, and Mechanicsburg is a 15-barrel system. So uh, we're talking each barrel is two kegs of beer. So Mechanicsburg makes 30 kegs of beer. So we have a we have a, a really good outlet to make a high volume of beer. So we're talking about, like, the small batch recipes. Yeah. Um, you know... One of the one of the beers that comes to mind that uh, it comes around every once in a while is the Blank Stare IPA. Yeah. Okay. Talk about that beer. That's that's something that sort of came about. It was a, a inspiration for spring, summer, a little bit. Of, you know, that beer was an oops. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we uh, that was what twenty fourteen. Yeah. Summer and uh, we accidentally we have a silo that produces produces it services all of our base malt for the brew house and we were we were making a totally different beer and we ran out of malt and we're like what are we gonna do so we had a pallet of malted wheat so we just dumped it dumped it in and we're like what are we gonna do with this we're like well we're gonna make an ipa out of it there's gonna be a white ipa and we made a white ipa out of this end of the silo pallet of wheat 
and Mike Parker here came up with his logo of a rabbit with red eyes and said, hey, let's call it Blank Stare IPA. And it's just held on. Yeah, it's kind of kind of come back and made it that, that creepy yeah, rabbit we, every once in a while pops up in the brewery. We keep making it now. We, we keep trying to make it different things. Like, hey, let's try to make Blank Stare an oat IPA. Let's right. try to make Blank Stare something else. Now, Blank Stare has to be a wheat IPA that's very heavily hopped and delicious just because we ran our silo dry in 2014 so you get the you get the oops moment that turns into a success every once in a while sort of out of the blue but you've got to like sometimes you got to be laying you may have a weird dream or something and you say what if i did this (laughs) you you ever have one of those and and actually turned it into a recipe and what like maybe give us a story yeah or uh right now in harrisburg we had a uh, moment of impact triple IPA, and I decided to make that in our Battlefield location just because we had a uh, uh, capacity for it. We had an open fermenter, open bright tank. So I made a 10% 100 IBU, International Bitterness Unit beer, and it's, I think, delicious, but it will hit you with its moment of Impact. Impact. <laughs> it's like a John Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> right. That's good. That's good. Um, sometimes it's a matter of following trends too. Like, okay, hey, we just, I'm on a, you know, I'm on like a beer, uh, I don't know. I'm, the chat room or something is not like, I don't know if that's the right word in, you know, 2019, but like word gets out about, about some crazy style of beer. <laughs> is that, I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, message board. Uh, message board. Gosh. I am so old. Yeah, you are old. Well, I'm going to go home and cancel my Instagram. AOL account Instagram. right now. <laughs> Seriously, though, you hear about something. So like, when I saw on Instagram. <laughs> thank you. There you go. So my my uh, my millennial uh, niece was tweeting in Instagram. Tweeting about uh, <laughs> something she's that's not <laughs> you know you hear about a beer that maybe is like being somebody tried on the west coast or in the Midwest, but it's not really made it to the East Coast or Harrisburg, PA yet. So you get rumblings of something and say, you know, I've been kind of close to it, or we should we should sort of try that, or maybe there's a seasonal ingredient that we only have here around uh, you know Pennsylvania or is sort of like a home home thing you ever you ever come up with something like that that's just like really off the wall we're abc we don't really do off the wall <laughs> but we we've tried um in our locations in mechanicsburg right now our brewer over there dumped 300 pounds of strawberries into a 15 barrel batch which is 450 gallons and it we're gonna call it our mechanicsberry and it really is a Pale ale, so it's slightly hoppy, very strawberry. That sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> right up Mike Parker's. I like that. See, I know, but that's funny to yeah. me because I like trying. I like trying light, lighter bodied beers. Uh, it's typically when you come across something that's flavored with true citrus. And when I say citrus, sometimes we describe IPAs as having a citrus flavor. That's not what I'm talking about. So what I'm talking about is like I like to try a, a beer that's infused with some sort of you know, uh, some sort of fruit, but when you mix in the hoppiness of a pale ale 
So that actually sounds really good to me. I love beers that are infused with fresh fruit type flavors. Oftentimes that's that's done in like a lighter bodied, you know, uh, like like a like a wheat ale. Uh, to have it mixed in a pale ale, that's very intriguing. So we'll be looking for that one at an ABC near you. Another thing right now people are into are sour beers. And we are converting our battlefield location on Steinmore Street in Gettysburg into a sour location. So we brewed a kettle sour, which is a certain type of beer, a couple weeks ago. And now we are turning it over into a full sour facility. So we will have very fruity sour beers coming out of that Gettysburg Battlefield location. Nice. And what actually does that? Like, so I've been to the, I mean, for years and years I came to the Capitol uh, City Beer Invitational or Beer Fest here at at, at, uh, at ABC. This past February was the, the Winter Warmer Fest, and there were, there were quite a few sour beers there, and I enjoy them. I cannot tell you exactly, though, because so you're the brewer. What makes a beer sour? Is it because, like, oh, seriously, when I look at them, I'm like, well, that's like a beer, and somebody put some <laughs> some vinegar in it, you know. And and you know what? I'm not. A, I don't care. I would drink that because I like the way it tastes. But what I, what is actually making the beer sour? I and yes, people love them, and they don't know what they're about. But yes, it's bacteria. Uh, so oh, that's nice. Bacteria is it's controlled, <laughs> just like our yeast. Right. Like yeast is not really good in all situations. Bacteria isn't good in all situations, but we use a certain amount of yeast and a certain amount of lactobacillus bacteria and pediococcus bacteria. And what they do is eat those sugars, like I talked about with the yeast, and they create sour flavors. Mm -hmm. And they reduce the pH of the beer to a point where it's very acidic. So... Sometimes when you drink a sour, you have to take 19 Tums and go sit on <laughs> yeah. a toilet. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, you can get them right and you can get them wrong. Right. And I and believe me, I've, I've had my share that kind of turned sideways, yeah. meaning that you know sort of out of the gate whether or not you're going to enjoy that beer. Yeah. I want to try it, but the idea for me is not to be how sour can I go. I'm not doing the limbo here. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's. I, did, I want to enjoy something because I, I enjoy that flavor. I like I like pickles. Yeah. All right? It would make sense that I would like a sour beer, something that has similar characteristics. So that's really interesting. So if you're looking for sour, more sours to come at ABC's, the sour, uh, um, if, you, if you got that itch to scratch, you'll be, you'll be finding it soon. Yeah, because we've had lots of customers. And this is customer-based. Like, customers right. are coming to us. Telling us they want sours. So we're responding to our customers and making sours. All right. John Stratif is the head brewer here at Appalachian Brewing Company. Uh, you'll see him around. You stop in here to the... Uh, he's shaking his head no because... But there's... It's it's true. The guy's here. I mean, he is here at 4 a.m. And uh, sometimes leaves here, you know, at 8 p.m. It can make for a long day, but it's, that's what it takes. It's... Beer is a beer is a passion. Well, there's so much to talk about, but we have not so much time. If that's the best way to put it, after a couple of beers each year, John. I want to thank John Stratif 
the head brewer here at Appalachian Brewing Company. If you see him around the brewery, whether you're just stopping in for some food or you're going to join him for one of the Saturday brew tours at 1 p.m. here in Harrisburg, make sure to say hi and you heard him on the podcast. If you have questions you'd like to hear answered here, we'd love to hear them at abcbrew.com. Until next time, looks like we're out of time. All we can say is cheers. Cheers.